something unusual happened to my friend Rick Bazette, pastor of a great church, New Life, in Arkansas. The service was over, and he was walking out in the lobby, and he was talking to people, and all of a sudden, a very distinguished man came up to him, and it looked like he had been crying. Behind him was his wife and his two children. Then he looked up at Rick, and he said, last night, I pushed my children, my wife, very hard in the front of my children. Do you think a man like me could come to this church? His wife was staring at the pastor like, you better say yes. <laughs> and he said yes. And it was silent for just a moment. But it reminds us that we often forget how God thinks about us when our behavior is wayward and we're not exactly seeing in that moment what the Apostle John said that is so powerful, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Jesus Jesus came for all of us. He didn't come for a select group. He loves all people everywhere in all of the nations. And he came that we could be exposed foremost to the magnificent love of the Father. We kind of pick up a story in Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse number 35, of exactly what Jesus was doing. You still here? In chapter 9, the Bible says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It's interesting that the Bible says that Jesus went. He made a conscious decision to go where people were. And the Bible says that he went into all the towns and the villages, and he was talking not about cars or football or what was in the news, but he was talking about proclaiming the kingdom of God. The Jewish historian Josephus said, that there were 200 cities or towns and villages in Galilee at the time that Christ was there. About 3 million people, a bit larger than our amount of people here in central Florida. And Jesus went into these towns 
that had walls around them. And then he went into the villages that were smaller and kind of was carried away with this all kind of a word, all-inclusive. He went where people were. And he went where people were because he was foremost coming to declare life over them and declare that they could, in fact, have a new life. He came so that they could know how much the Father loved them. And as he went and he started to proclaim this kingdom, and the kingdom is a big word, but it is literally the, the reign and rule of Christ in our hearts. Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within you. And he establishes his ways and his ruling in us, in our hearts, so we become his walking kingdom. He will ultimately establish his kingdom in the millennium. He will establish his kingdom on the earth, and he will rule the entire world from Jerusalem. He was always, thank you, Gary, he was always bringing this joyful expectation that people' lives could be changed and they could experience exactly the goodness of God the Father. The Bible says that he was healing every disease. I like that. He was healing every disease and sickness. Say that. Healing every Say it like it actually happened. Healing every Hallelujah. And then when he saw the crowds. Now, you can see people, what are they wearing? How do they look? Are they disheveled? But Jesus was able to see the crowds, not from the outside only, but he saw them from the inside. And one translation says that when he looked around, he saw that the people, his heart, when he saw the crowds, his heart broke for them. It wasn't counting the people. It wasn't just observation. It wasn't taking a poll. But he actually saw into the people. And the Bible saw, says that he saw that they were harassed and they were helpless. The Greek word here, harassed, actually means that they were weary. They were worn out. They were ripped apart inwardly, and they were helpless. They couldn't somehow get out of what they were in, because you have to see what the problem is before you have a solution. And Jesus saw, and his heart broke, because he saw them as spiritually lost. 
And Jesus is setting a model for every follower of Christ of how they see one person or they see a crowd. Jesus saw them. He saw what they had gone through. He saw the devastation and the people had little hope for really living life with great joy and fulfillment. Now, Jesus then, all of a sudden, turns on the disciples. I'd like us to read verse 37 and 38. Read it with me. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, do that last line one more time. Ask the Lord of the harvest. So Jesus is not observing only. He turns to his guys, his small group, and he says to them, he said, now you guys, I want you to get it. I want you to know that the harvest is huge. What is the harvest? The harvest is made up of people that are open, are, respect, are receptive to hearing the good news of the kingdom of God. He says, I want you to know that I want you to pray, I want you to pray about the harvest, but in the context, he actually is saying, it begins with you. Don't, don't pray for the harvest generally only. I want you to have a revelation of how people are desperate, people are broken, and that people need spiritual life, and I want you to be a part of the harvest. I want you to look around of those that are in your world as you are doing life here on the earth, and I want you to see them come to me and experience the new life that I offer. I recall many years ago, I was about 25 years old. I was with a Fortune 500 company, and I had left Baltimore, come to Orlando, and then I had moved to Jacksonville. I went with this firm because I had never seen a person sell like Ben. He would take us, in, me, into an office, and with his magnificent abilities, he would close these absolutely big transactions. I watched Ben. I tried to perfect my salesmanship to really do well. 
After a while, when I got to know Ben, however, I noticed that Ben had two problems, drinking and women. He was married, and he would break all the records for the company and then disappear for four or five days. And it was in one of those segments that I got word, they were trying to say, where is our sales manager? And someone said, he's down in Daytona and he's in a bar with some woman. I didn't know very much about really uh, talking about people about Christ. And I don't know what happened to me that day, but somehow I said to myself, I'm going down there and I'm going to get Ben Uh, out of that bar, and so I got in my car. I drove from Jacksonville to Daytona. I walk into this bar, and he's on the dance floor with some girl. I can't recall what I said or how I said it, but somehow the Holy Spirit was working in the bar. I may know God works in bars, And so the Holy Spirit got him out of the bar, and I don't know what happened to his car or how he got there, but I do remember he's sitting in my car. And I do remember he has a cigar about that long, and he's smoking it, and the atmosphere is full of smoke. And all the way from Daytona to Jacksonville, I talked to... Ben about Jesus. And Ben, in the next few days, gave his life to Christ. And Ben, and Ben not only gave his life to Christ, but somehow he became my one. And I focused more on my sales manager, Ben, than anyone else. And Discipleship has become very complicated. It's not. We just tell them as life goes on what Christ has done in our life and how great Christ is, and then we present to them the gospel. Ben became a disciple of Jesus. And I can remember sitting on the front row of the church with Ben next to me with his Bible open, learning about Jesus. And all of us have been called by God, no matter how we feel, or no matter how many problems we're going through, or how bad our life is, in the middle of our own personal storms, I have found God can be faithful and use us in a magnificent way. And it means that you and I have to know that we have to be like Jesus where Jesus went. Jesus made a conscious decision to go and be a part of other people's lives. And he was sharing the spiritual life of the kingdom of heaven. And people were following him. And Jesus has called each one of us. I don't know what happened to me about a year ago I had this blazing thing in my heart and mind of one. And I have been thinking about it 
I have been praying about it, and I have been expecting for God to so raise up one church in this city, our church, where every single one of us, no matter how old we are, how many years we've known Christ, that we can wonder somewhere, and maybe it may be in the back room where someone is coming to faith, and we can share the goodness of Christ, and when we take that person out, and sometimes it begins with a coffee in the cafe. It's amazing how God will do things when we are available, and we're not so focused on our latest crisis, and our family, and our kids, and our education, and our profession, and our finances. I find that when we get out of ourselves, in the moment of our being used by God, somehow his presence shows up and we are able to be moved by the Holy Spirit and get a different view of our lives and what he wants to do in our lives. And that is why all of us have to understand what the gospel really is. And Rice Brooks put this together and we change it just a little bit, but it's simply that the gospel is the good news that God loves us and became man in Jesus Christ. And he lived the life we should have life, lived and died the death we should have died in our place. And three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he is, hallelujah, the son of God. Are you here? And then the Bible says that he offers the forgiveness of sin, the gift of righteousness to all those who repent and believe in him. Every single one of us can understand and put that in our own words. And we can tell whoever is around us that they can be a part of the kingdom of God and their lives can be changed and Christ can do something that is so powerful because the harvest is huge. What, is, what has happened in our nation? Why are we in our state right now? We could maybe say it's the Democrats. We could say it's the Republicans. We could say it's the chaos in Congress. We could say it's the drugs coming into our country. We could say it's the pharmaceutical companies and opioids and some doctors flagrantly giving out those drugs. But really, this is not about the Congress. This is not about all that we think it is. Because the hope of the world is not the government. The hope of the world is not education. The hope of the world is not a self-help program. The future of the world is found in born-again believers. And for too long, we have been silent. We have been intimidated. And so rather than sharing our faith, we're silent. And we have, in doing that, we have praised the enemy because he has made us to not change the world. It's interesting that when we go over to Asia, the churches are 100,000, 200,000. In India, where we were some years ago, the largest church there, 45,000 people. 
What is the difference, would you say, in a church in Asia that's 200,000 and in America it's normally under 100? What, be the, what would be the difference? It may be that we have been Christianized and we're so inward that we've never understood that we haven't been called to ourselves. We've been called to reach out. And when a church begins to be energized and begins to know and understand what we have read and we're most familiar with, and we all could quote it, but we really don't understand it because the great truth begins with one thing. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And when that love permeates me and it permeates you, we're able to change the world. Imagine the revival striking here at Church in the Sun and we are rising up to see God do such great things that revival is actually connected not so much with what happens in the church only, but what happens when we leave here. That we are called by God to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that when Jesus left the earth, the last thing he said, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you now will begin to be my witnesses, not the witnesses of a friend, not the witnesses of the church. He says, when I'm out of here and when I die on the cross and I rise from the dead, I want you to know that you have to go to a certain location in the city and I want you to know that there's going to be a downdraft of the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be empowered. You're not going to be empowered to sit around with all the believers only. You're going to be empowered not only to come to a service. You're going to be empowered that when you leave a meeting that you are out there and you are so in love and have encountered the love of God that your life has been dramatically transformed and no one, no one can keep you from talking about Jesus no matter how it happens. And in fact, he says, you're going to be witnesses and you're going to be witnesses of me and then you're going to go out and you're going to tell people everywhere. You're going to tell them everywhere. You're not going to be an incognito believer. You're not going to be intimidated by the culture. You're not going to be intimidated by what people say because you have decided that you are going to go. Just as one man decided 20 years ago, Pastor Andrew Brunson, that he was going to go to Turkey a Muslim nation, and he was not intimidated by what was going to happen to him. But he took seriously what we were talking about here this morning, that he left North Carolina, and he got on an airplane, and he went over to Turkey, and he was there pastoring for 20 years. And then one day, a couple years ago, they said, we're going to accuse you of terrorism, and they put him in a jail. Because when you Share your faith. You don't know what's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what's going to happen because you have decided that we can't be silent. Thank God our president stood up and a lot of leaders, and he's back home with the president yesterday. No, no, no. I, I, think we, I think we need to really get crazy about this. I mean, this is a hero. We, we, we have somebody coming in that, that has uh, a great award. We, we laud them. This is who we have to laud and thank God for his ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And it's amazing, put that back up there. We were watching it yesterday. Look at that. Kneeling. Friends, this man is kneeling in the White House praying about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> praying about the Holy Spirit. And you talk about revival. I don't, hey, if that isn't revival, I mean, that is revival in the White House praying about the Holy Spirit and praying that our president will have wisdom. In prison for two years, health problems, lost 50 pounds, but he would not concede on the gospel. I want you to remember, I want you to remember, I want you to remember this morning two words. I want you to remember this morning, it doesn't matter if you've been serving Christ for five days. The dangerous thing is when you've been serving Christ for 25 years, because most of those people go like this with Christians. May God shake us up this morning. This morning, I hope we will remember two words, and the first word is go. Say it, go. Say it louder. And these are not my words. They're Jesus' words. He says, go. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the second word is one. I hope you, when these altar calls are given, and we have thousands, unfortunately, for the most perspective, we have few that will take one and disciple them in the ways of Christ. That changes today in Jesus' name. We are witnesses for Jesus. And this morning, we are reminded of eternity. Heaven is our home. Paul said, for we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly looking for him to return as our Savior. There will be a day, all meetings at Church in the Sun will be canceled, probably, because an event will happen and Christians all over in churches everywhere and hopefully they'll be almost empty because on that day, the Bible says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump, trumpet of God. And the dead will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. 
and thus we shall always be with him. That is the rapture. At one moment, we will be caught up. When I was a boy in my dad's church, they talked about heaven every week. And people had a consciousness that the Lord is coming soon. And when you believe that Christ is coming soon, things are different. We are believing that heaven is our home and that our joy is to see according to Revelation chapter 3, 21, when it says that those that are victorious are going to get to sit right there with the Lord on his throne. This chair actually speaks of the people that we win to Christ and them coming to sit in that chair in eternity. I hope Ben, my friend, will be there. I hope every person that we have shared Christ will, will be there. And because of this season in our church, I'm believing that God is calling us to move out. And we have had a miracle happen because the pastor of a church in Chicago, uh, Pastor Choco de Jesus, who has a church globally in all their ministries of 17,000 people, he was recognized at Time Magazine as one of a hundred world leaders because of his influence on the evangelicals and on the Latinos. He has a congregation that literally is so outward that it is phenomenal. 130 ministries, and they are ubiquitous. They are everywhere in outreach and growth. When this happened a few weeks ago, months ago, because of being in Korea and meeting him, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Alex, make this, make this a friend's day. Have thousands of cards and have, believe that every person on that day will bring one friend and that it'll be the greatest day in the history of Church in the Sun. And from there, God will shake and bring a revival of souls because when I think of revival, I think of just a couple things. I think about, obviously, the moving of the Holy Spirit, but I think about souls, souls that are lost, and then mentoring them for Christ. Amen? Amen. So on this day, November the 4th, 21 days from the day, we're going to believe God to do something great. And I'm also asking the Lord that he will help us to focus on one person that they can sit in that chair and that God will use each of us to do that. Let's not forget where we're headed. We're headed to heaven. And the Bible tells us 
in Revelation 7, the story of what happens. And John the Revelator said, After this I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory. Wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I asked Loic, he's from France, his family is here, come and sing, I think, my favorite song right now. He's going to come. I want you to welcome from France, Loic, come.
Stand together, please. Come on, let's thank Warwick for his song this morning. I've asked the Holy Spirit just to come right now for a moment and that we would experience the glory of God because when our hearts are touched, we touch others. So I want us just to invite, we're going to sing this worship song. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come now and help us to think about those that need Christ. I pray, Lord, that you will give us this heart that you had when you went to all the cities, all the towns and villages. We thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hearts to him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Let's give the Lord praise right now. Would you do that? Praise God. Every week we have the honor of seeing people open their hearts to Christ right here at Church in the Sun. We have a cross here that reminds us that Christ came and he gave his life for us so we could be forgiven. And no matter what we've done, no matter how far we've run from God, he beckons us because of his grace and mercy to come, find forgiveness, find a new life, and change us and give us a new heart. We want to give an opportunity to those that are here this morning if you need to say yes to Christ, his grace and love for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and you can experience the reality of Christ, the joy of a new life and know that all your sins can be forgiven. I'm going to count to three in a moment. If that's you, you just put up your hand, say, yeah, I'm going to do it. And there are hundreds here this morning that at one time did that, gave their life to Christ. This can be your, your moment. Christ can change your life. So if you're here this morning, you really need to make that decision. One, two, three, just put up a hand. All of the building, put it up, put it up. Say yes to Christ. When I ask those that lifted their hand to walk the aisle, just come and stand here for a moment. Come right now, wherever you are, come to Christ. Some of you that are away from the Lord, come back to Christ. Come right now. Come right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's thank the Lord for these that have come this morning. Amen. Maybe you didn't come, but you can pray this prayer. You're watching online. Let's, uh, let's pray this prayer. And Pastor Dave is here, and we'll take you to the side here and give you some material. And your next step will be open declaration through water baptism. Hallelujah. Let's say this prayer. Uh, all of us for our friends that are coming and just say it. Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. 
and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart and give me your grace and the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer, you're in the family of God. God bless you. Come on, come on, let's give the Lord praise.